every week from Sydney and Melbourne. It's Full Disclosure, the Jono and Dorge podcast. Jono and Dorge, Full Disclosure in the raw. Disclosure, no holds barred. No holds barred. Okay, welcome to episode 10 of Full Disclosure, coming to you about fortnightly at this stage across the nation and the world. Some big hits in uh, France and the US of late, so we're, we're, we're going global and even Great Britain's got on board, so it's pretty exciting. Bonjour to all our... All our French listeners. That's, so that's great ju- stuff. Pretty sure it's just my sister, actually. But uh, yeah, thank, thanks, <laughs> that sucks. thanks, that Marley. Thanks, Marley. Oh, hey, Marley. Yeah, for thanks getting for board. Our sisters have been behind us from day one, and uh, we're very fortunate to have them on board. We, we sure are. Our two female audience <laughs> members, but we we'd love the girls to listen. How the hell are you, big cat? Very good indeed. Very good indeed, my friend. Yeah. It's been uh, a busy week, a, a big going away party for a friend of ours. Oh, yeah. I think we've referred to him once as a drug pig. pig. Woodman is off. <laughs> you don't have to say so. No. Did um? Is that why? That's why you cancelled yesterday. That's right. He's off for a year and a half. Oh, him yeah. and, and the lovely Sarah Murphy and I, I, I sent them off in style. What time did you pull up stumps? Look, I think it was about four or five a.m. somewhere around mm-hmm. there. It wasn't. It wasn't a. A small evening, uh, and I paid for it big time. Let's just say once you get to the late thirties, those uh, those hangovers are horrendous. So they can all be horrendous. Not to do it. I'm just. I think well, I'm over drinking. Full stop. There's a full well, disclosure for you. I had a. Well, it's a pretty boring one. I had a. <laughs> a I, I didn't have a huge weekend, but unfortunately, I've got some sort of stomach bug, so I had to take the day off work today. Oh, stomach bug. Little, yeah. So if my energy levels, please just just prop me up because. Just feeling a little bit queasy. What have you taken for it, mate? You taking nothing? No, nothing. I've just been sleeping. Watched the basketball today. Uh, obviously, um, tomorrow our bet it, it got, comes down to game seven as Big well, bet. which is exciting. I hope you're Big following, bet. I hope you're following it with us, everyone, because there's a lot of money changing hands here. Uh, yeah. Well, we had, did we agree on a fee? I don't think we agreed on a fee, did we? Know. Like three dollars or something. Hold the phone. Wait one second. Is, is Chris Paul back for for game don't seven? I'll have to Google that. But um, how did the snow leopards go yesterday? You you were in. Uh, in a big game yesterday, even though you were hungover, yep. not very professional of you. How'd you guys go? <laughs> Top of the table clash, and we won. So it was. Very, we were against basically all of China. It's a team. Of, <laughs> it's a team of about thirty dudes, and they have uh, their roster. They switch around the roster. Ah. Yeah, and they had a coach with a clipboard and everything, but uh, it didn't Jeez. matter what they did. Uh, we came up with our little six six dudes. We came up uh, with a big victory, so that was really great for the soul. Well, did they have twelve players? Yeah, they they played with twelve in the end, and uh, look, they they were decent, but they weren't they weren't great. Uh, but it good was job. just and does that mean you're at the top top of the table now? Top of the table, yeah. I mean, it was a good. I played decent this week, but the week before, I was really happy. I had fifteen rebounds the week before, so it was a I was big on the boards. So you know, well, maybe you shouldn't have poisoned yourself with alcohol the night before. Maybe you should take it seriously <laughs> as an honorary snow leopard. That's right. That's exactly right. But you know, basketball. It's great to have that sporting component in our lives. Are you playing any sport at the moment, Jono? Or are you just sort yeah. Of- I- I play doing? basketball every every weekend, but it's street ball. I play with pick up games. You play pick up M- games. McClash, old school, the Grizz, they're all out there. It's super fun. Um, McClash hit me in the head last week, and I think I suffered a mild mac- concussion. He was complaining about having a bruise on his forearm. I was like, mate, 
clocked me. He no. clocked me good. He, he gave you a big good. one. Well, which, uh, speaking of being clocked good, it probably leads us into a, a segue into what our, our episode uh, is about. Yes. Our episode today is called the socialism episode. We're looking at a, a perfect society. Are you t- <laughs> Can't you think of a better Das Kapital or something like that? The socialism episode. <laughs> <laughs> The socialism episode. It's about uh, social activity between people and, you know, parties and, and basically if, if there's been any premise we've explored more than any other, it's been music festivals and, and drugs essentially. But we're trying, yeah. to, we're trying to go a bit more highbrow here. We're trying to raise the bar a little bit. No, it's not yeah. about social activity. It's about a utopian society where everyone gets a fair go. And Would that be an accurate summation in your, in your mind? I don't know, obviously, it's much more complex than that. But you Yeah, know. well, I don't have... I don't have the definition of socialism up up in front of me, but no, I mean, yeah, it's it's um, take down capitalism episode. Maybe it, it all spurred from because Melbourne, it's a Melbourne Sydney podcast, and I had a, a, a wonderful mm. Melbourne week mm. where I got to experience a lot of the kind of culture involved in Melbourne. And so Monday night, we'll, coming up, we'll be reviewing um, Death of a Star, and I saw that at Cheap Monday at the Nova, and then the next night went with our our mate Chris Honnery and Steph uh, to uh, both our mates. Um, to a book review, an opening of a book. What do you call it? A launch. That's the one. A book launch. At basically communist headquarters, left, lefty headquarters, the trades hall, which is just a stone throw from where I live on Ligon Street. It's on Ligon Street and it's the kind of trade union capital. And um, it, was, it was terrific. It was called, the book was called Capitalism, A Crime Story. And uh, the little punchy writer, I reckon he was in his 70s, Harry Glasbeek is this uh, just, Legend. I, I think Al Pacino would play him in the biopic. He's he's a Jewish Belgium guy that escaped Nazi Germany, moved to Melbourne in his teens, and like a lot of my relatives who who um, escaped Hitler's Europe, hasn't lost his accent at all. He's just got a classic accent, and he's been living in Canada now for the last thirty years as a lecturer there. And George, you would have loved it. He gave a he gave a snappy probably hour and a hour and twenty minute address to to um, a, a raptured probably 90 true believers sitting there. Um, we were definitely the youngest there. And he, he's, he was at the, he's a, he's at the top of his craft as far as um, a lecturer. And basically, he Give laid out his argument. Give us a dose. Don't tell. Show. A mugger to a stranger. Give me your wallet or I will beat you around the head. This is a crime. An employer says to a worker, adding lung-saving... Hang on, adding, adding, oh shit. That sounds fantastic, it really does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> adding lung-saving ventilation will reduce my profit. Give me back some of your wages and I will let you keep your lungs. And you would have loved him as an actor because he used all the kind of tricks. He, he was whispering. He was yelling probably more than anything. He did a lot of yelling, a lot of three-part punches. He uh, did things like, uh, read my lips. He said that a few times. Talked about, um, he, he had a wry smile, Do you but have a, cane? a lot of anger. Say again? Do you have a cane? Didn't have a cane. Do you have a monocle? No, no, no. Not so many um, physical tricks. Didn't just, use the tricks was... then. You, monocle and cane, mate. There you go, Suze. <laughs> 
he used he used the tricks of the voice, which you obviously know about as well. Told a joke. Okay. He said, a banker, a worker, and a refugee are sitting at a table with a hundred cookies. The banker takes 99 and says to the worker, make sure that refugee doesn't get your cookie. Just great stuff. And Wait, big that, the laughs. Q- that, that was the punchline? Well, greedy bankers. He was, he was, he was really... Basically, just, what just, he laid out just smashing yes. anyone anyone to do with capitalism, anyone making money, basically, pure rabble rousing, just catering to his crowd completely, huh? <laughs> Smash all the wealthy people, and everyone eats for free at my restaurant. Unfortunately, unfortunately, there was, it was all true believers there because if he'd if he'd gone to the MCG where I was later on in the week, yeah, he would have fucking because he basically just laid out. He said basically, a crime is coercion. You cannot hit someone with your car. Or hit someone with a with your 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 walking stick, but capitalism is coercive. So he basically he he really went very quick into that, and he was and he and he really bigged us up at this worker. He was saying the worker, we give up our imagination, our strength, our our intellect, and we get paid this tiny amount of money. So it was it was yeah it was real rabble rousing. It was terrific stuff. Uh, I I liked it a lot. So that that's my um. Capitalism, a crime story. Joking, your old man Harry Um Well, I, I think, yeah, absolutely. As an entertainer, this guy, like, you don't have. To, the problem was he didn't, he didn't uh, lay out an alternative, which is the tough, tough one. He didn't. Do you think your father said, was a socialist? No, absolutely not. But I, I think socialist leanings. Uh, no, I mean, I, I just think uh, our current system has lots of socialism in yes, it. It yes, has to. Yes. But uh, yeah, it's it, it was, and and then unfortunately, it was like an auction. Like about four people asked long-winded questions with very hard to find a question, Oof. and they all just wanted to have their word as well. Oof. But it was it was pretty entertaining. I hate those people. You know the ones that when it's question time, they try and show off some intellect at the same point in time, making incredibly long-winded and confusing to the point where everyone's just lost any momentum of the entire evening. It's uh, frustrating to say it's almost like they want their time on the mic they're resentful of the fact they've come to see this person speak and now they want their turn to shine but look he sounds great but he's obviously playing to a real home crowd i mean i'd love to see him do that at a um a young liberals uh, meeting or something like that and that would be that now that'd be it's like when i saw dawkins once debate a priest and that was you know Mm -hmm. fantastic i i prefer it when you've got representatives from both parties or both sides there when i say both you know that's well, usually a book launch, you don't you don't talk for ages yourself. You read right. a bit of your book, and somebody else talks about you. But he, Harry Glassbeak, was he, he's a gun, absolute gun. Great, great. Which uh, speaking of guns, uh, so did you, have you? Wait, have you? Did you buy? Have you bought the book? Do you own the book now? Or did you get a sign? I didn't or anything? buy the book. No, I didn't you do any didn't, of that. No, you I, didn't. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not reading much at the moment. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm taking writer, a bit of time off. We only make a very small amount of money. <laughs> and what's important is we support each other and support us against the capitalist pigs. And then you just walk but, out straight up. Yeah. Thanks for yeah. the speech, mate. Uh, Thanks. Good speech. Well, no, I, I more liked his, his delivery than his content. I thought... I thought it was it was a bit holy his as in like Swiss cheesy his actual links between uh-huh. so coercion and it's capitalism. purely his oratory abilities that you can't be really appreciating the actual content you thought was pretty average from mm. the sounds of it. Well, no. Now that I've thought about it, it it does. It it just what's the logical end of capitalism? It's just going to be one person. Jeff Jeff Bezos is going to have all the money. Like it 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 is bullshit. It's fucked. We need we need more um, socialism. 
you don't we believe in socialism. The, you don't believe in the trickle down effect, uh, the famous Reagan saying, where if there's more water, all the boats rise. No, I don't think so. I think that's more that 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 would more be a global warming <laughs> reference now, which unfortunately <laughs> free market there's does more water make, everywhere, and we're all rising yeah. together. Yeah, it's rapacious. It just means that people just want to to get away with more and more. And that was his. That was, I think, his best point was that capitalism, if greed is good, these people will do everything they can to get the most out of the worker, the environment, all those kind of things where, you know, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get harder and harder to have checks and balances in those things. And so I was thinking about, you know, what, where is an ideal society like, and, and I, I thought of, I, I actually went there once, Dorji. Where what? Oh, you mean a kibbutz? Oh yeah, I've been to a kibbutz. Yeah, I hung out at a kibbutz a bit as a kid, and that was that was a good uh, example of socialism working. Mm. Uh, but it was on such a small scale, kibbutzes. Mm-hmm. But um, is, is the plural of kibbutz kibbutzes? I think it's uh, kibbutzes. Kibbutz im is like someone that lives at a no a kibbutznik is someone that lives at a kibbutz. All oh, right, that's a cool term. Uh, yeah, kibbutznik. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is. Wouldn't be cool if your name was Nick you though. Goddamn hey, I'm a kibbutznik. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> beatniks, kibbutzniks. What if you were a, if you played for the New York Knicks and then you became a kibbutznik? Yeah, like um, you'd be a uh, New York Knick kibbutznik. Who's the guy that I really like? The tall guy that went from Phoenix with the who wears the goggles? <laughs> Amari Stoudemire. Amari Stoudemire. Amari Stoudemire. <laughs> When I was, Gosh, yes. what you, I was you've been about to, you've is, been to this utopian society. Where, 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 where yes. was it? Well, when you and I were living together in 2012, 2013, we both bought tickets, both bought airfare to um, America so we could go to Burning Man together. And then, as often happens to um, an actor that makes plans, you got a plum roll in uh, one of the great Australian TV shows <laughs> of all time, playing a guy. What was your name? Did you did you get a proper name? The, the barista. <laughs> the barista, which which I think is is actually more showy. Like it's quite it's quite good, and you got recognised a lot on the back of that. But unfortunately, you couldn't come to Burning Man with me. So I, I was, well, as you were very. Disappointed. You could say I went to my own Wonderland while you went to your Wonderland. That's right. You had a good time on Wonderland, and you did some great work. I did. I did. You. It was in in hindsight maybe a bit racist. <laughs> All these white people being mean to uh, the only ethnic person in the show. It was interesting because when the original episode came out, some people came out and said, you know, there was real whitewashing in Australian TV yet again. And I was like, well, wait a second, you know, there's, there's me. But then, yeah, you're right. I mean, as the... Well, no, wait, there's, there's, there was a Brazilian guy in it as well. Oh, yeah. So, there, well, yep. it wasn't the only one, but... But you were, a ba- you were basically playing a bad guy. I was a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was, I was a, a bad, uh, weak, a weak guy. It was a good performance because you played him really kind of... Like bad, but then also like a bit sad and creepy. Sooky. I was a bit sooky and creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you were yeah. being creepy in your own way at Burning Man. I wasn't being creepy. I wasn't being very respectful. Being very respectful. I was at Burning Man though, and it was absolutely terrific. And the reason um, I wanted to talk about Burning Man is because in the news, Larry Harvey died uh, this month, and he was the creator of Burning Man, and it, he he died at the age of seventy, which is quite a uh, auspicious number since. Last Burning Man was recorded at having 70,000 people at Burning Man. Jeez. And it's incredible. So, it started from, I think it was about 20 of his mates 
back in the day uh, and um, they moved to the Nevada desert and it becomes the third biggest city in Nevada for that, that 10 days or whatever Nevada? it goes. Maybe Nevada. Nevada, Nevada, yes. Nevada. It's Nevada. Yeah. Also, last week you said re- you said reduction instead of retraction. Redaction. <laughs> redaction. Redaction. <laughs> it's, it's retraction. Kate Fisher needs a reduction. Oh, you, oh. you ban those, mate. <laughs> and you made it look like it was me. That's a problem with that stuff, and it's not. It's you. Well, Everyone knows it it's you, mate. So, <laughs> stop trying to stitch me up for your own problems. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to. I've, I've spent about three podcasts deliberately trying not to stitch you up, mate. Okay, it's gonna. I'm gonna have to stop saying that. that so. Saying I have to watch myself when you specifically the king <laughs> of obesity gags is out of order. <laughs> Well, I just think it's a bit unfair, unfair that you can't make fun of anything. Like, it's not... But it's not me. Don't, don't make fun make, of someone that's you're, fat. You're making it a bit, I'm not the one that can't make fun. It's you. You're the one that's being hindered. You're the one, that, I'm the one you're paying. Hindenburg. Yeah. Oh. Anyways, so yeah, you went to Burning Man. Get on with it. What happened there? It's terrific there. It was just terrific. It, it was... Well, the, it has the 10, the ten um, rules of Burning Man that he laid down. Uh, just really speak to me. I think I do have this socialist hippie leanings and that's why, I mean, apart from obviously dance parties are awesome and fun anyway, but I don't like the music, so I'm there for something else. They've got radical inclusion is the first one. Gifting, obviously that's where wait, you, wait, wait. you, you, you can't to, you use You can't any... just move on from something like radical inclusion. I mean, what the hell does that mean? Well, that's that's basically my whole life is that, you know, like I want to be included. I guess that's both why we, you know, we had these sad childhoods and that's why we went into acting, that we want to be included by everyone. We want we want a, con- a connection and a community. Am I wrong to include you in that radically? I don't know about sad childhood. It seems a bit extreme. But <laughs> I mean, for you, definitely, I get that makes sense. By yourself, sense. looking at the atlas in your room, come on, reading countless books, <laughs> getting yeah. hung by your ankles off, <laughs> off cliffs. Sounds pretty sad to me, mate. So we're... <laughs> So radical inclusion means that you can't you can't be there's no VIP tent in in theory. Obviously, all where, this has where, been. Where would I go then? See, I'm lucky. I'm glad I didn't go. It's the only area I hang out at festivals. <laughs> I actually don't do. leave. I don't leave the VIP area at any festival. Really? When I do go out to the non-VIP areas at festivals now, I just feel like I'm. There's just dirt all around me and, and, yeah. and pubescent children that stink that are rolling over in their own fecal matter. It's horrendous. You're you are a fixture in the VIP, uh, does that, like, like does Matthew that, Richardson. Does that mean my attitude doesn't fit with Burning Man? Probably, yeah. Well, you, it does. You're you're a very inclusive person, but that that's a beautiful thing about it. And the year I was there, there was this um, amazing party. I think it was called Robot Land or something like that. And it was a huge, basically like a amazing a party. Boat. Shitty title, Robot Land. <laughs> hey, I went to this amazing party. And, never guess what it's called, Robot Land. <laughs> And oh, wow, that sounds fits, amazing. Did you all, all dance fits, like robots? <laughs> okay, okay, right. It fits like uh, thousands of people on it, it seemed to. I, I was off my head most of the time <laughs> and it, it's often the, the plier, like far, far away and you've got to ride your bikes and you just jump on it. But apparently a few people were being refused entry to that, which was uh, quite the talk of Burning Man because right. that's not not fitting in with the radical With inclusion. the radical inclusion. Gifting. So, gifting, yes, yep. gifting. That means you just you, you have to bring a gift, and this is this was um, a famous kind of uh, problem I had with one of your best mates because it was meant to be you, me, and uh, this legendary guy called Bryn Diesel. We'll call him Bryn, Bryn Diesel. Bryn Diesel, whose birthday and is today? Happy thirty ninth birthday, Bryn Diesel. Happy birthday, Bryn. Yep, legend. Yep. But um, good timing. I was making a lot of um, mix CDs at the time, as you remember, Prof J Dog. That was a, a real obsession. 
um, like my DVD obsession now. Like I like getting into something that's just about to, to die in the ass as far as technologically. So I made, I made thousands or thousands, hundreds and hundreds of Australian mixed CDs and I was going to give them out. And people gift, you know, marijuana, they give cookies, they gift... Um, farts, dog tags, farts, like all sorts of things. Just, yeah, just fart on each other. Part. There's your gift, mate. <laughs> know you can, Hope you like that. Like a, a cupcake. Is yeah. that, dude, yeah, yeah, they're yeah, disgusting. Yeah. I remember Melbourne Uni when I was at Melbourne Uni. Those fucking dickheads that would cupcakes. They put their hand next to their ass, catch a fart, and put it on your face. You know, have a cupcake. <laughs> Fuck that toxic masculinity there. So literally um, toxic. <laughs> hey, you want some toxic Anything masculinity? Like, so Here's some. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, yeah, so I had all those there, but but because I was traveling longer, um, mm. Bryn was going to bring them over and we we're going to share them as a gift and he didn't actually bring them in. And I think he, he and I both told you uh, what a sourpuss I was when I, when You're I found upset. out that... Would it be cool to? Wouldn't it be, <laughs> wouldn't, really, wouldn't it be funny to like have little like wrapped up presents and give them out and then open them and like it's just like you know four hundred bits of lumps of coal. I'd, I'd quite enjoy doing something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like just, that'd be worth quite a lot, probably now. Oh, it's a good it's, point it's, actually. And also, it's coal would be the worst thing ever. It'd be so unenvironmental that you everyone would hate yes. you at Burning Man for that. Wouldn't it be doubly well, bad? You, you could you could use it to get into one of your favorite costumes, dress up. Moving right so along, also, moving right also along. radical so, inclusion. So you, radical inclusion. <laughs> so you uh, you didn't you, you didn't have the CDs, and you're very upset about the CDs. In fact, you're, I was upset, you, yeah. you're well because that was your that was your primary offering, your gift offering. So yeah. what how, what did you guys do to combat yes. that situation? Uh, nothing. Well, how did you just, get around yeah, that? Yeah, we we were just povos. Well, I think if it's your you first didn't bring any man, gifts, you people. No, not really. No, no, and Jeez. people just gift, gifted us stuff the whole time. Yeah, it was pretty. It was, I mean, it's fine. That's the thing. It's such a rich economy there that everyone is in such a great spirits that you don't need. And you're meant to bring you, radical self reliance is another thing. So you are meant to bring everything you need to survive. But yes, lots of people don't because you know you do, you just because you people are giving you. It's in the desert. People are giving you ice cream. They're giving you milkshakes. It's 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 pretty amazing. Amazing. Um, demodification was another one. Can so you give me a, um, that, that, that. Give me a year on this. Uh, it was two thousand and thirteen. So okay. So this is and, and when did Burning Man start? What year? Ooh, well, he's he's seventy. I reckon it went for about. There's been about forty of them. Yeah. Right. So you were pretty yeah. late in the day, weren't you? Always. Always, but my point is that I reckon people have been bagging it out for for twenty five years as having. It's one of those things that was so good and is so good that people are saying that it's lost its cool and that. And obviously, there is going to be corrosions into it, like that. All those rules are being broken to a degree. Like there mm. are people that uh, pay for all their camp to be put up for them, so they're not mm. having radical the te- self. The tech guys, the tech guys are the ones that are famous for fucking it. Really, they're the guys. No, that, are, that well, they're flying on their private jets the- and having private parties. Well, lots of people are doing that. I, th- I think the tech guys got behind it a lot. He was a big fan of the tech guys because he he thinks that Burning Man and the internet have a lot in common. Larry Harvey said that because that they're both a place that people can connect on that are a bit off grid. But that so was, they can't. That's why that was until yeah. there was that negative stuff about those guys that had their private um, five star locations where people would volunteer. And they would get told to leave, and and people weren't allowed in. There was security all over them, and it just kind of really yeah, that ki- shit killed the vibe completely. Killed the vibe. But I th- I think with seventy thousand people, most of them are not killing the vibe. So it was it's still awesome. Yeah, eighty uh, six was the first one actually. Funnily enough, eighty six. Okay, there and it go. was it was free. Uh, Admission was free. Well, 
was it didn't, 1991, it went up to 15 bucks. So, yeah, it's still pretty mm-hmm. And then it's, we stayed at about 35 to 96, 65 to 97. And then by the time we got to 2011, it's up to about 210 to 300. And now we're at 425 for a vehicle pass. So it's gone up. It's not ridiculous, really, the amounts it's gone up by. No, and it costs a lot of money, obviously, to get there. It, it, it's it's a privilege thing to do. That's that's the thing. Like, there's no there's no doubt about it. And speaking so of privilege, kinda, or, yes. or perhaps being a little thinking he was a little bit too privileged. What's your comment on the actual Burning Man of last year? Because you can't not talk about that. The man who actually ran into the burning effigy at the end. Yeah, that's very sad. But I, I, from what I've heard, is there's there's suicides every year. Like, it's a place. Mm, it's, it's, it's just the numbers, I guess. The numbers, and it's it's kind of a great place to. To go out so there's i think the year that i was there there was there was a huge car crash on the way out i think Jeez. like there was no deaths and then there was six people k- were killed on the last day yeah. it's just yeah the numbers game is it's like a it's like a city the year well, before yeah. i was there yes. there's a pl- there's a thing called the temple yes uh which is it's they burn that as well the night after the burning man it's awesome yes and a guy hung himself in the temple and people didn't even realize for a couple of days because there's so much kind of people are so off their head some people are but also it was, um, yeah, it, it looked like an installation kind of thing. I don't think we can leave the subject of Burning Man without touching one of its most controversial features, which is, of course, mm-hmm. the, her- <laughs> the herpy tent, which is it's well known <laughs> for the fact there is a group sex tent yes. where everyone that has herpes can have non-protected sex with each other um, because- Oh, you know, I didn't know there was a herpes tent. I, th- oh, I knew, uh, knew there was an orgy tent. No, I didn't know about a herpes there's tent. A, there's, a, there's, a, there's a non-herpes orgy tent and then there's the herpes oh. orgy tent. And the concern oh. is some people have gone into the herpes tent without realising it was the herpes tent and therefore, you know, unfortunately contracted herpes um, by putting their orifices in the way of herpes-infected pieces <laughs> And it was a is it te- HPV? Is that the same as herpes? Uh, the, we're not really sure about that stuff. We're, it's not really our, our domain. But <laughs> we're the not point doctors. is, the point we're not doctors. Full we're disclosure. Also, we're, we're not doctors. We're also Gen Xs. Apparently, we're really aging ourselves because Gen Ys know all about it. But anyway, point mm-hmm. being, um, terrible. Talk about mistaken circumstance. Shakespeare's often done it. Mistaken mm-hmm. identity comedies. This is oh, went to the wrong funny. orgy tent. <laughs> oh. oh no. <laughs> and then, yeah, and it, one just has to be careful. I don't think there's signage explaining what's going on. I think one has to look for the marks, I assume, or just see if you can see a couple of sort of. <laughs> you can no, see. no, there's, there's. I, I know people that went to the actual the non herpy tent, and there's a lot of instructions once once you get there. You've oh, got to bring a partner. Yes, you can't can't go alone. Yes, and you've got to you've got to be very loud in your consent. Oh. Like you've actually got to say. I thought you were going to say you have to be very loud in your pleasure, a bit like um, <laughs> Asian people when they eat soup. You know, where you have to make noise. You have to be like, you know, oh, oh, this is fantastic. Like they were encouraging. You're doing a great job. You have to that sort of thing. <laughs> no, no, just at the beginning. Like, oh, yeah. uh, do you want to have sex? You right. say it again. Yes, I want to have sex. Yeah, <laughs> it could come across quite passive aggressive. Well, they just have sex. Like yes, yes. It might be they were like, just onto that early. They were, right, they were right. onto the yeah. Yeah, the, the yeah. So what they're saying is, just because you're at the tent, it doesn't mean you want to fuck. But yeah. is that what they're saying? Got to mm. check all the time. Yeah, it, it change, can change any moment. Oh right. Oh, even uh, during, like you mean in the midst of the action, you yeah. have to double check. Each thrust, you're like, still okay. <laughs> <laughs> what about now? Um, and so, and so, you, one would. Are assume- you enjoying your soup? <laughs> 
One would, <laughs> one, would, there. Just, one would assume <laughs> one would assume in the herpy tent you, that's equal, even more so the the consent element, wouldn't it? Because um, George, once again, once what? again, you've 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 derailed a whole segment. What do you mean? It's sex. one of the most still- famous elements of the whole <laughs> festival, the herpy tent. Once again, once again, I'm working through. I, so civic communal effort. There's another one which okay. that, that pretty much said itself. So basically, the more communal you, effort, is that, well, the more a, you, yes, go on. Well, the more you put in, the more you get out. <laughs> Certainly, in the hurt. Not talking about sex. Not talking about sex. Don't you? You're not putting in enough. <laughs> talking about a society. I'm putting in so as like, much as I can. If you're if you're Google and people are just putting your whole thing up for you, you're not going to get as much out of it as if you do it yourself. Like like Vivid Glee, like the amazing festival we put on, yes, which you put the most into. I put a lot into. Always it. got That's the most true. out. I got. A, I put sure. in a, and I got out. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Okay. And civic responsibility. Yes. Kind of speaks for itself. Leaving no trace, so they're big on that, like on not not killing the environment. It's difficult, di- difficult in the in the in in the tent with no um, protective. <laughs> <laughs> Very difficult to do when you're not wearing protection. Leave no trace. Uh, I'll let you do the yes. mouth on that one. That's a tricky one. I don't understand. Uh, participation, perfect for the orgy tent there. So there you go. But basically, it's the opposite of capitalism. It's the opposite of, of a boss. Can you just and the workers? Just, just yep. can you? I want you to reel off the list, and we'll do it all now, and just think of the herpy tent each time. So go for the first one. Okay. Uh, radical inclusion. Tick. Gifting. Oh, tick, definitely. Tick. It's the gift that keeps giving. Demodification. Mm. Mm. We don't really know what that means anyway. <laughs> Next. <laughs> radical self-reliance. Oh, big time. Mm. And, and, well, self-reliance Not and really. reliance on others. What about... Well, what, herpes what, re- has no self-reliance. What about, what about getting yourself herpes, up to attention? If you work, work, Working some blood into it, so to speak? No, this is silly. We, I'm, I'm going out of this. We're going <laughs> to... And then the last one is immediacy. And I'll, I'll actually read you the, well, okay, this is the hardest one. Yeah. yeah, it says, immediate experience is, in many ways, the most important touchstone of values in our culture. Okay. We seek to overcome barriers that stand between us and the recognition of our inner selves. The reality of those around us, participation in society and contact with a natural world exceeding human powers, no idea can substitute for this experience. So, what's your take on that? Is it's it's kind of like a bit Buddhist and hippie that you know that away from phones and all, all, all the distractions of actually what it's all about, which is human connection with each other and with the environment. And so I think that's in that extreme. And did you find that was of, what? Did you find that 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 actually matched up with what you were seeing around you? People were in a great mood. People were having a great time. I think it puts you in a in a. How many gronks place. did you see? What is gronks? What are gronks? How many? Uh, there's a phenomenon which you see in the Australian music festival scene more and more yes. where you see like just groups of people that are out to party and get loose. They don't care about the energy. They don't care about who's playing. Um, here's a typical example. Yes. A friend of ours, um, Mr. Pick, went down to a festival in Melbourne where um, they're on the dance floor big music festival, and there was a footy team there who then proceeded to, uh, they were wearing their footy tops, they dominated the dance floor and then sung their football song in the middle oh. of the dance floor, uh, reg- regardless of what everyone else was doing. How much was it just this party party dudes, often, more often than women, uh, yep. dominating the space there to get loose, I guess what you yep. call loose units, who are effectively not fitting in with the vibe of the place. Well. I'm glad you asked because I've got an I've got a story for that. When I went, went to my Airbnb in LA before I told her she was lovely. I told her I was going and she's like, "No way, I've got a mate that's going." She put me in touch with him. He was this like beautiful hippie dude. 
uh, half Japanese hippie dude. And he said, I've met through the forum these other Aussie guys. And he had that kind of strange American thing where it's like, Jono's Aussie, he'll want to meet these other Aussie guys. And I I just went with the flow. And I went to their apartment that that they were at and I was horrified. They were these four, well, there's maybe more of them. There were these six landscaper dudes from the Gold Coast that were like, like they were like roided up muscly they were dj landscapers and yeah i was i was a bit snobby like i was like these guys they're disgusting like they're like they um they were talking to me about like their preparation they're like because we're gonna they go listen Jono, um we're going to mexico after this and then we're going to um we're going to vegas as well so we've been on like a no carb diet for the last three months we've been having no carbs but now we can blow out because we figured burning man that shirt's off then vegas obviously shirts off mexico shirts off and they'd fully like lasered their hair away that tats very handsome dudes but very uh self-obsessed kind of dudes and i was like well you know i had a few beers with them and i thought well i don't want to see them at burning man but then i bumped into them at burning burning man and it was they were lovely and it was as if by group consensus you can't get away with being a a gronk it's just it's just it's kind of like the village works together to stop that kind of behavior and it's not like no one's like grabbing people and saying don't do that but people aren't littering people aren't pissing you, you, you can't piss outside of a toilet they're really they're really staunch on that kind of thing and so it's just it's constantly it's it's yeah it's kind of like the group decides that people behave well no it's, it's good awesome it's good to see and uh, you know wrapping up on burning man we all know that in america there is a, a socialist movement which bernie sanders has tapped into so I don't know how much of you know how much of the Burning Man phenomenon phenomenon has entered the American zeitgeist, but you know there's, there's certainly a real strength to the socialist movement. I mean, one only has over the pond only has to go to Jeremy Corbyn over in the UK, who's been he- heading um, leading the way in that area. Of course, I have uh, one degree of separation related, to Mr. Corbyn. Uh, he's back to Mali. My sister Mali in France. Her best friend is Sarah Corbyn, which is his niece and uh, uh, a wonderful friend of mine and uh, the whole family uh, I'm, I'm well, well au fait with and for a big support. How old's Corbyn? Corbyn looks quite old. Jeremy Corbyn is 69 years old, but Bernie Sanders yeah, it's is It's a shame, semis. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. that's a shame, isn't it, that these, these, these kind of people that are trying... Maybe they, it's because they're from that, that past-gone generation. They I, I think it's a bit like anything, you know, like popularity is in waves, you know, the... Um, specials might be big and scar 20 years before and then they might have another wave again when they're in their 60s you know or the, I don't um, think so s- I think that's well, they shit did. music they, they did <laughs> the sw- swing music swing music came back shortly for a little while There's, who can no, forget not sw- for long who, who can forget swingers when the cherry pop and daddies and all those guys had a, re- a revival you only have to live long enough as Warren Buffett will tell you for you to experience these waves that they're coming back in so I think that probably explains why there's been yeah. a resurgence and a reaction to some of the stuff you were talking about about the problem with the pointy end of capitalism being that it's a bit of a triangular effect as opposed to even though they keep trying to tell us that it's not speaking of gronks after after burning man i went by myself to a hip-hop festival which had all my favorite um performers there wu-tang was there big sean chief keef slick rick Pusha t rakeem joey badass like it was just ridiculous lineup and it was the most unfriendly thing of all time and i was going from that beautiful energy of like high-fiving people, hugging people, like you couldn't get, it was like there was force fields around people. Everyone was in their own little, their little zone and they, you know, they'd pay their money. It was, in, it was just incredibly cash orientated. You, you know, you got to line up for beers, line up for chips or whatnot. And it was, it was, it was shocking. 
it was a, it was very disappointing to go it was just a huge difference like the the capitalist kind of festivals even like um big day out and that sort of thing like it it's not about communal it, it's it's weird you're all there together but you're just in your little group of friends yeah totally it's, it's become quite mean these festivals it's like what the fuck you may as well just stay at home if you're not going to acknowledge that we're all in it together yeah agreed no, comrade I've, I've had to witness it firsthand quite a lot in my one of my jobs that you're familiar with um there's a, the kids just seem to stay in their own groups there's a it's a fashion off um generally in some of the more expensive locations around the country like um like byron for example and um, the actual interaction that they're, they're looking to find, it's, it's quite difficult. I, I've had to act, had to act as a, a conduit for them to, to encourage them to socialise because they're that not interested and they just get wasted, more belligerent and um, more self-absorbed. It's uh, horrendous. It's honestly Are you talking horrendous. about your role as, as Duffman? <laughs> yeah, I mean, my role as Duffman. That's right. When I'm, <laughs> when I'm performing my duties as Duffman. That, the one point I, I do like about capitalism... And look, Can you, I, do you not want to name, do you not want to name the, your capitalist I sponsor? I, I work Is for it? a product... <laughs> I'm the, the sole representative for a particular alcohol product. Okay. And uh, we're not going to mention the product. Duff beer. Duff, it's Ooh. like Duff beer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and uh, one of the fun parts of the job is I work at festivals. Uh, one of the less fun parts of the job is these kids get really high and I have to be around them. And sometimes even worse. My, but the worst example I ever got when, when I was being Duff man, oh, yeah, was when I was at a <laughs> festival at, a, at a, a, a party at Sydney University when I met yeah. a Whooper yeah. from Riverview style of, of Sydney Uni college boy group who had their little suits on and one of them turned to me and went, are you getting paid for this? And I was like, yeah, buddy, I am. And he's like, well, I hope you're getting paid well. How's life turned out for you, eh, mate? And this is oh. like a little 19-year-old. Oh. And I so wanted to just clock him <laughs> in the head. But you can't do that, of course. You can't do that. Otherwise, you lose your job. Oh, no. So, yeah, I couldn't do that, <laughs> unfortunately. That's what, that's what mascots are famous for. The football mascots are constantly smashing. Because, yeah, what, it's, what a cowardly kind of thing to do. Like, he knew that he, he'd get away with it. He did the math and he knew that you couldn't do anything because you were like, that sucks. I, I actually think he thought he was... He, I don't think he even thought he was being rude. I think he just was being smug. I don't think he ever... He was even that dumb. He, wow. he, had, he had his group around him. They're all in suits. I think they come from a law ball. The girls were in like Lord, nice dresses and he was just being... Um, he was playing high status with me and enjoying it. You know, it was, it was just that much of a dick. But um, oh, my, wow. favorite, my favorite quote with capitalism, though, is um, from a film... With Michael Keaton, and I don't. I'm not, I, I wouldn't classify myself as a red. Unfortunately, Johnny, you've been hanging out with a, a notable red and Chris Honnery, who's um, of Russian yes. extraction. So you can do the math on that, my my friends. But it was from a, a film called The Founder with Michael Keaton, and there's mm-hmm. a, a wonderful scene where, where the original towards the end of the film, um, where there's there's the two fa- the two um, rather large boned uh, gentlemen who started um, started McDonald's. They've just signed away all of the, all of the McDonald's rights, and he's sort of he's absolutely shafted them for hardly any money whatsoever. And he said he says, "Do you want to know the difference between me and you?" And they say, "Sure." Well, he said, "Do you want to know how I how I did this?" And I'm like, "Sure." He goes, "The difference between me and you is if there's someone drowning, you guys don't have the ability to put a hose in his mouth, do you?" And they're like, no. And he said, well, I do. And that's capitalism for you. So, you know, that's a pretty dark reading of capitalism. But, you know, it's, not, it's an interesting one. It's basically saying you cannot prosper unless you're willing to step over bodies along the way. Mm. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's grim. It's really grim. It's, uh, it's, it's no way to live, mate. 
Yeah, well, that's stepping over one another. As many people have pointed out to me, there's a lot of armchair socialists, and it's very easy for people that have got money to point that out. And that's one of the common critiques of Hollywood, California, and New York, essentially, that there's a lot of armchair socialists. And as the people in the Midwest are saying, it's all very well to say to you to espouse from on high, but you've got lots of money. Well, George, from Hollywood socialism, Mm. what an amazing segue to the film. We've actually watched the same film this week, and we're going to do a movie review of um, a, a very dark and uh, gloomy but funny movie. Hilarious. Absolutely hilarious movie. talking about, dear listeners, is The Death of Stalin. Uh, it's directed by Armando Iannucci. Uh, Very well done. Armando Iannucci, I should say. Cast is Steve Buscemi, Simon... We should say Rus- he, he's, he's behind in the thick of it and Veep. He's the genius kind and, of English. And guy, Alan Partridge. Scottish. Alan Partridge as well was oh, actually cool. his breakout. Um, so, uh, the Americans, of course, stupidly always just talk about what's involved with them. But no, his breakout was he helped create numerous series of um, Alan Partridge and I think, you know, you can really see some evidence of that in this film. Yeah. So, you've got Steve Buscemi, Simon Russell Beale, Paddy Constantine, Rupert Friend, Jason Isaacs, Michael Palin, who I love, and uh, Jeffrey Tambor, uh, controversially. Yeah. Banned in Russia. And what's it called? Be- it's called The Death, Death of Stalin. Of uh, banned, banned in Russia, Belarus, Kazakhstan, because of the fact that it's taking Perth. a piss. <laughs> it's, not, it's not banned in Perth. <laughs> like, we don't get it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a satire. It's a political yes. satire. Uh, what your thoughts, Jono? Well, yeah, it's, I, I loved it. I don't know much about the history. I feel pretty late. Like, I know a lot about German history and obviously American and Australian, but I knew that Stalin was the worst of the bad guys, really, as far as death count. And it, it it's the, the, the clues in the title. It's about Stalin dying and then a, a kind of land grab by his his group. And it's very, very funny, but dark. They don't they don't kind of gloss over the, the lists and the, the purging that was g- going on all the way through. And, um, yeah, there were some real standout performances, I thought. Uh, I thought it's just it's just so funny. Fear is so funny. And just the way that they all are so scared of Stalin is, is hilarious. I really liked it how every time he cracked a joke at dinner, they were all just pissing themselves and then they're obviously tired. And then he, he said, who's going to join me for a cowboy movie, a John Wayne movie? And then they all have to sit and watch John Wayne movies with him. Very funny. And it was cool as well how they... Well, cool, they, they didn't bother doing Russian accents. So, you've got you've got a, a Brooklyn guy in Buscemi and then a lot of the other guys have English accents. And there's a standout by uh, Marshal Zukov, um, playing Marshal Zukov, who was kind of the biggest war hero in Russia. He, was, he, took on, he took on the Germans and that was Jason Isaacs. And he was, he was playing a kind of... What, what, what accent's that, George? It's almost a... Liverpool? It's a bit of a little. Li- oh, maybe it was Liverpool. No, you're right. He's born in Liverpool, so it would have been Liverpoolian. Yeah, yeah. He played. He played Lucius Malfoy in in the Harry Potter movies. That guy, Jason Isaacs. Mm-hmm. He was excellent. And I thought the other real standout was Simon Russell Beale uh, as the as the real bad guy in it. He's his kind of um, head torturer, and he's um, he's a huge Shakespearean actor. That has, he played Richard the Third, Iago. He played all, all those kind of guys. And d- didn't you think he was terrific, George? Yeah, I thought he was great. I actually also really liked uh, Rupert Friend as Stalin's son, Vasily. I funny. thought he was 
pretty hilarious as well. But no, yeah, I, I did. I thought he, he was brilliant. But the cast is brilliant. I found it extremely funny. I guess it's not so different to um, the John Clark political satires that we, we grew up watching in, in the sense, or even, yes, Prime Minister. It's really making fun of bureaucracy, I think, to a large extent. It's hilarious, the, their motions uh, to pass certain issues and then they're, they're squabbling, they're infighting, there's the sycophancy between them when they're, you know, sucking up essentially to Stalin. The Machiavellian type plotting which was happening, the sense that everyone is watching everyone. I thought it was a brilliant retelling and it's similar, it took a lot of license with, with history and facts in a similar way to Tarantino with his... Oh, yeah. in- intolerable bastards. <laughs> Inglorious bastards. It, it's similar to, yeah. Not quite as much license but it, it took some serious liberties. But yeah, yeah. overall I, I thought it was a standout for me. I'd put it in my top, top two couple of films the last three or four years personally oh yeah so that's what would you give it out of 10 then for me out of 10 look it's it's very much up my alley so you know i'll precursor it by that it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea if you're a guy that likes explosions and sex you're not going to enjoy it if you're a female that likes a a strong female character i suppose unfortunately it is very male dominated the closest you have is stalin's daughter who you find out quite a lot about and i thought she was very well she's excellent she's excellent as well she was in She's in um, Bert. Uh, anyway, Bird. it was Andrea Rise, Riseborough is, yeah, is her name. She's, she's British. And and what? Oh, she is. She was in. What are you thinking? Of Birdman. She was in Birdman. Birdman. Oh yeah. She, yeah, she was in Birdman. Who was she in Birdman? She played one of the crazy actresses in it. She's ah. uh, yeah. She's always good. She's in Oblivion. Welcome to Punch. Yeah, she's anyway. She was it's fantastic. Yeah, but I, I think overall uh, I'd give it a, a solid eight. I think again I'd yeah. give it eight out of ten. What would you give it? I'd give it a seven and a half. Okay, so I think well, we're on the same. Do, do you know? So I found it. I did find it distracting at first because I'm a huge fan of Jeffrey Tambor, but obviously he mm. he was. He, this is I watched it before more stuff kicked off, but he was kicked out of um, the the show that he was doing for Amazon for alleged um, harassment of of his assistant, and um, yeah, but he, a great performance by him as well, and then. Yes. Strangely enough, not long after we both saw the film, he was doing press for his um, Netflix show, and Arrested got, Development series five. Yeah, and it's got got in, in, embroiled in more kind of uh, discussions about about that sort of thing. He was um, accused of. Well, he, he's admitted that he kind of went off on his co-star who plays his wife, Jessica Walter. Uh, yeah, who's if for those who don't know the show, it's a hilarious show. I reckon it's it's such a funny show. Oh, it'd be in the, it'd be in the top five comedies of the last ten years, I'd say. Yeah, terrific show, and it, it, quite an awkward um, encounter between them on the set because she said, "Look, I've I'm, I'm forgiving him here. I have to because we're going to do the show." And she started crying, and then Jason Bateman, who who plays her, their son Michael, who's a big star, kind of interrupted her multiple times and. And just kind of yeah, took over. Just just trying to to kind of play nice, I guess, play nice families. And three of the other, two of the other male stars in it as well, kind of cut her off. And they've all come out and apologised in hindsight. But yeah, it wasn't a good look. And now they've cancelled the the rest of uh, publicity in in the UK for it. Yeah, Tony Hale who plays Buster. He uh, yeah, he, he he backed backed him up. Elias Shawcott as well. 
they've cancelled the entire junket tour in terms of the press in the UK. Something's rotten in the state of Denmark, clearly. Tambor apparently went to a, a huge tirade with Jessica Walter, and much to her chagrin, and she said it was unacceptable. She'd never experienced anything like it before in her life. And that's on the back, of course, of his the issues that he's had with Transparent, which where he's been let go from the Amazon show over sexual harassment allegations from a, a trans member of, of the team. Uh, she was a PA, I believe. So, look, he is definitely under a lot of heat and it, and it's overshadowed. Uh, I knew he was in the film. He has a very big part. He's, fanta- he's hilarious, as, as always, in the film. Um, but it really has shone a light on male toxic behaviour. I'm just giggling because of our cupcake joke. But, Cupcakes, um, ma- ma- yeah. Male toxic behaviour. Shouldn't giggle, mate. <laughs> Serious. On male toxic behaviour in the film industry. Uh, it follows, of course, most recently Johnny Depp's got in trouble again for his new film City of Lies where he, he was drunkenly assaulted a location manager and that's on the back of, of course, the allegations of abuse with his ex-wife, Amber Heard. Christian Bale, you know, of course, got in trouble for the Terminator Salvation. It's one of the more famous cases of someone losing their shit on, on, you know, on a film shit. set. Uh, I think it's pretty full on. David O. Russell in I Heart Huckabees. Who can forget him going absolutely off his head to uh, Lily Tomlin? That That's was, amazing. All this stuff, if you Google it, guys, on YouTube, it's all readily available. Amazing to watch. Do you know, he also he also did it on Three Kings. He, apparently, um, George Clooney had to punch him in the face. Yeah. Three Kings. Yeah, I mean, if, if Clooney's punching in the face, I mean, he's married to the UN, right? <laughs> you know, you've, you've probably gone overboard uh, pretty clearly. Yeah. It's like the, the best guy in the world just punched you in the face. Uh, yeah, but it's, basically, it's just genius. It's people like Kanye West kind of thing, mm. trying to think they can get away with anything they want because right. they're the lead in a, That's right. in a show. Yeah. And the, the, one of the quick questions that they're looking at, though, is um, about the method, about whether yes. we use, actors use method acting as a, as a means to getting away with behaving very badly on set. I think it's a tricky, well, so ter- it's tricky terrain. I, people on set, you're, it's very high pressure. So you've got you know you got one or two, two or three takes, maybe four or five, but you've got a, a cast and crew around you. You've got creative differences, and there are going to be blow ups. But you do have to treat people with respect. And then when you add something like the method to it, which is as you know being in character, so even the human being who's making the choices is sometimes not even available to interact with. Daniel Day-Lewis famously supposedly refuses to even answer as his actual name. You have to call him by his character name. So how can you then talk to the actor themselves to, about the choices they're making if there is a, no actual choice, supposedly. You know, there's Will all these sort of out? problems. Do you think that'll come out? Do you think that'll come out with Daniel Day-Lewis, with the guy that actually quit that, that movie because he was there'll so be, scared of it? There'll him. be blood. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, that's, that's already- be blood on your face. And, and <laughs> that's amazing that he, that he gave up that amazing the entire, entire film yeah. with, with his character changed. My milkshake tastes better than your milkshake. It's, you know, I think we do let them get away with I've a lot. I've abandoned my son. I mean, I've seen it in, in, in the theatre world even. I, I've, I've witnessed uh, one female in a play I did get very upset about another male who would just change blocking. And because he was in the moment. And yeah, there is going to be actors that have very unusual and sometimes I think dangerous techniques based upon them supposedly immersing themselves in their character and i think maybe that's what bateman was trying to get at but um i do believe there is a line there's always got to be a line and if you overstep the line it's pretty clear and i also think that it's quite right that men 
have been able to get away with too much, especially at the top end of the ladder. And I remember even on this production, which shall remain nameless, there was a particular male director who launched into a tirade and, and towards a crew member saying, how dare you countermand me in an extremely loud voice, almost screaming them down. And uh, yeah, I just think unfortunately- absolute power corrupts. They're just like, yeah. we get Stalins in That's any right. industry. That's right. That's right. You it's know, a they, problem. If, if enough people are just pandering to them, that they kind of take it away. <laughs> Death of Stalin is about the unfortunate stroke which Stalin suffers, an illness, almost terminal illness. And I believe you're sick right now with your stomach, so it's quite yes. apropos. But you also tried to combat, you self-prescribed. Okay, don't, don't, give, away the, don't give away the punchline. Lead line, us mate. in, my friend. So, yeah, my full disclosure this week is, um, yeah, I have a bit of a sore tummy. So, I've been thinking back to a time when I was living in Bondi and um, my sister, shout out to Beck, was with her best mate. They were doing um, an acupuncture workshop Bex loves healing people and they were they were around the corner in Bondi Junction staying at a at an apartments and I was meant to meet them out for a Thai dinner but I was feeling a bit sick and I was living in this this place in Bondi and um I always remember that Bex said to to combat um sickness there's this amazing olive leaf extract that you have and it's tastes disgusting so I wasn't looking forward to it but I thought you know I've got a man up here it's a, it's a bit of a cold night I'll go out and meet Bex and, and Lee get on the bus and meet them and so I open up the olive leaf extract and I take a, a, a good little hit of it and as soon as it hit the back of my throat I knew something was terribly wrong and I, I gagged straight away and spat it out but it tastes worse than I even expected and then I, looking at the, the and it was hard to open the little cap I now in hindsight realised that wait, so, so you were sick you, you, what, were you, what, were your, what were your symptoms of your sickness, firstly? Oh, I, just, I think I just had a little bit of a cold, a little bit of a flu or something. I were just you wasn't coughing? Feeling, were you sneezing? It just, doesn't matter. I just had a bit of a... Well, just, just felt like I was coming down with a cold. Anyway, I look at the bottle. I look at the bottle and it doesn't say olive leaf extract. It says eucalyptus oil on the bottle. And then underneath where it says eucalyptus oil, it says highly toxic um, and there's a, a, a poison hotline on the actual bottle. And right next to that, it says, keep out of um, the hands of children. So not only did I um, think I was going to die, I also felt really silly. And um, <laughs> I, I, I didn't take much of it in, but it was fucking terrible, like what, what I did take in. And so I called the poison hotline and the woman on the phone said, look, you prob- you, 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 if you didn't actually drink more than two millimetres, you're not going to die. Um, but and there's probably no use you um, going to the hospital. What's going to happen is that once it goes through your system, uh, you're going to get very tired and you, you're probably going to fall asleep for a little while and then you're going to vomit it all up. But don't make yourself vomit now because it needs to go into your system first because if you vomit now, it'll burn all your throat on the way up. So I was like... Thank you very much. And then she also did ask how old you were. <laughs> I said, uh, One second. So do you know how you, picked, where you where you got this eucalyptus oil from? I think it was for a from a for a burner for an oil burner or something like that. Like so you, you had, had to, a, you had a little essential oil burner at home. I think it was probably my housemate. My housemate seems more into that sort of stuff. And um, and, and where was the olive leaf, <laughs> olive leaf extract bottle? Uh, probably you know in my bathroom or something. It's just one of those kind of things. So you just you reach going through it schematically. You reach for a bottle which you thought was the olive yes. leaf in the bathroom cabinet. Let's say pick up the wrong one, drank yes. it, and then realized things had gone terribly wrong. Terribly wrong. Okay. And so then I, I sat down. I was a bit depressed about you know w- 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 my life choices, and then sure enough, I started to feel quite dizzy and lightheaded, 
And then I actually felt, felt amazing, like incredible, like <laughs> an, an, the biggest high I've ever had in my life. And it was not for long, but it was probably for about 30 seconds. I thought everything's going to be all right. I feel, I feel great. Um, I love my sister. I love my life. Like it was a proper like koalas must be on this shit all the time. Like it was a proper amazing, um, incredible feeling. And then I did fall asleep. Um, and then I woke up probably about 40 minutes later, quite sweaty and smelling of eucalyptus and still have not having vomited, but I decided I'll jump on the bus. I jump on the bus to Bondi Junction. And as I'm on the bus to Bondi Junction, for some reason, I put a dryzer bone on. There was a dryzer bone hanging around. I wasn't thinking clearly. So I I looked like a a crazy guy on this bus in a dryzer bone in Bondi. And I I, um, I had to run off the bus at Bondi Junction because my stomach was just going at that point. And I like just ran like to the side of the bus terminal in the junction and just started vomiting in the side of the street, just fully. And then (laughs) I heard Jono and Bex and Lee had left their apartment and actually just bumped into me, vomiting in the street. Your sister and And they took me back. Yeah. And they took me back to their place and they were like, what's going on? And it took me probably 40 minutes to admit what I'd done (laughs) because I was so ashamed. And they were like, oh, you've just got to drink milk. And I was like, no, I spoke to the poison person. I don't have to drink milk. And so, Bex called me Yuki Puki for the next next couple of months. <laughs> and it took three days to get the toxins out of my system. And, like, I would just burp and fart and hiccup <laughs> eucalyptus. <laughs> so, actually, that would be a good cupcake. That would be a less toxic masculine it's cupcake. Eucalyptus is quite a nice smell. It's not such a bad yeah. thing to be, uh, to be burping and, 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 and farting. Well, I didn't like the smell of it for about two two years after that. It was quite a traumatic experience. So, there's my full disclosure, everyone. I hope you enjoyed. So, yeah, you drank a poison, you were high for a bit, and then you were, <laughs> and then you were vomiting. And, and were you ever... When were you most scared that it was going to be the end of your life, just after you first drank it? Was it around that time? Or, or yeah. Not? Yeah, when it said, like, incre- incredibly poison, toxic on so it. So, that yeah. time when you were waiting for the lady to pick up the phone and, 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 and speaking to her, that would have been the, the scariest... Scariest time, I guess. It would be yes, really sweaty. that was very scary. But then it all went away and with a high. But the thing is, I wouldn't... It was a great high, guys, but I've never gone back to that high. So, it was obviously not worth that high. Where did but you, it was a great high. Was it, would you describe it... What would the high... How would you describe it? Was it like like a... Like what, what sort of drug would it be like? Like, like, a, like was it... Were ecstasy. you hallucinating? No, it was just ecstasy. It was just like everything's going to be... Fu- everything's great. Uh, it was um, uplifting. It was like um, chicane, you know that music chicane. Sounds a bit like ayahuasca or something like that. You know what I mean? Just, yeah, po- maybe. You just took poison yeah. in your system and you got you got really high. Yeah. Um, next question <laughs> it is: was like, it was like you the, the opposite po- of house music, bad house music. It was like good, good techno music. <laughs> where'd you get the Where'd you get the poison number from? Was it on the bottle? It was on the bottle, I think, or maybe I googled it. I don't think so. I think it was on the bottle. I think that's how toxic it is. But let's move on from me. Uh, Poisoning myself. It's very it's embarrassing. Great. It's great. No, well, you just you, you, <laughs> it, it, now we've got you know we've had ayahuasca so common across the world. It's not so embarrassing. People do that. People deliberately put poison in the system and vomit stuff up, and, and then and under, the, under the guise of finding themselves across the world and pay lots of money to do it now. So what was once an incredibly embarrassing story now just makes you in some ways a visionary. True that. True that. Um, True speaking, speaking of visionaries, I believe mm-hmm. we're expecting a call from a, a particular visionary of the oh, hip hop scene. Um, oh great! Uh, I, I don't know if he's going to bring in. One can only hope. Um, we'll just yep. sort of. Oh no! It sounds like he. No, our um, producer Brendan tells yep. me that he is making Brendan. a call. So uh, look, thanks, Brendan. Uh, unfortunately, speaking of all that talk about um, farting and burping has given me the shits. So I'm yep. going to just run out and take a dump. Yep. But uh, let's okay. uh, let's see what uh, <laughs> let's see what old mate has to say. Okay. See you, George. 
Oh, yes, hello. Yes, hello. I'm looking for. Um, I'm looking. Oh, it's, it, it, are the boys there? <laughs> oh, it's, it's. Is that Rupert? Yes, it's uh, the visionary. I heard you call me a visionary. I'm very happy. It's, it's Rupert from Riverview. Yes, I know who it is, Rupert. You're you're our first um, multiple caller now. Um, welcome to the show. Unfortunately, Dorji's having. Um, he's doing number twos. Oh, so he's. Just, uh, well, that's not hardly, hardly, hardly surprising. He suffers from verbal diarrhea all the bloody time, you know, so <laughs> out both ends now, you know. I can't stand the guy. He's always having me a go at this, you know. You can tell he's not from money, not like you, Jono. I mean, you're an MCC yeah. member, aren't you? I am. That's true. Yeah, yeah. What's all this talk yeah. about socialism, actually? What are you talking about that stuff for? I mean, you, you went to Melbourne Grammar, didn't you? <laughs> Don't out me. Don't out me in front of... I did, but, you know, I've got, I've got socialist leanings. What what school did you go to again? Uh, I mean, to I went to Riverview. I told you, I've yeah. told you many times. So, I'm, I'm Rupert from Riverview. How many times <laughs> yes. do I need to explain this to you? So, you don't, you don't have any socialist leanings? Socialism? No, no, it's ridiculous. No, well, the great thing about the capitalism is the money comes down to everyone. Look at look at Africa. World poverty is at an all time low. So why the hell would you try and say something like oh, socialism is the way forward? You know what socialism is the way to? Socialism is like, look at look at what happens to China. China's embracing capitalism, and look what's happening to them. They get better. Things get better for the poor if you try to make money. Because look at it was Bill Gates. I mean, look, we, we we help them out. It's a you can do it. You can do it as a tax, a way of avoiding tax, giving money to the yeah. poor. And you know, but a lot of them don't do it. A lot of them don't. Didn't didn't the uh, Amazon guy pretty much said he's not going to do any of it? Well, you, not not 50s. everyone is going to, but the fact is, if the people get if, if people get richer, the world gets richer. So, Rupert, what can we do for you? What, why are you calling? Well, I mean, firstly, I want to tell you, don't ever talk about socialism again. You're really giving me the shits, <laughs> and, and it really annoys me. You know, don't ever do it again, or I will come to wherever you where you are. You're in Carlton, are you? You're on whoa, Lyme, whoa, whoa! You're whoa, in Carlton on Lycon Street, aren't you? Yes. You're, you're in, yes. You're, I mean, look at how dare you? You armchair socialist. You went to Melbourne Grammar, all right? You're a MCC member. You're from Money. <laughs> How dare you yeah. go, go against your your type? Don't make me go over there and you know I, I, I'll have strong words with you. And I, I, <laughs> I, I heard you like my rap. I heard you like my rap music. Is that correct? I do. I do. I like your rap music a lot. The last track was great. Are you working on anything else? I've got a whole album. I've got more. Okay. I'm like I'm like Kanye. I've got I've got I've got. A well, speaking whole album. of speaking of Rupert, have you have you heard? Um, Pusha T's got a new album out that Kanye produced every track on. Have you of listened I to it yet? Yeah, I've, it's I, terrific. I've listened, yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's fire. It, it's fire. He has a, He has a go at um, Drake for not writing his own raps. Well, Drake. 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 to me is uh, an imposter. He's an imposter. But you know, the world. Canadian. The world loves an imposter, don't they? I mean, look at look yeah. at look at Dorji. That's an imposter. <laughs> he's, he's got a podcast and he's talking like he knows what he's talking about, but he's just spewing shit. You know. And what did you, mm? Rupert? What did you make of um, so? Because Kanye is getting a lot of a lot of a lot of um, criticism again for the the cover of the album. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, I did. He's, yeah, 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 yeah. What, what's her name? The singer. Yeah, the, uh, what's that? You know, she's very good though, isn't she? I, I think she's wonderful. <laughs> he used he used a picture of Whitney Houston's um, bathroom with all the drug paraphernalia as the as the cover, which people just don't understand why. why well, he what did that. what a wonderful comment on American society. You know, why is it okay? Why is it okay for Charles Gambino to come out and do all these comments on American society, but Kanye can't? Why? Because it was, yeah. is Charles more of a, of a visionary? No, Charles isn't a visionary. He's not a visionary at all. There's only one visionary, and that is Kanye West. You know, and and what? It's so it's so confusing for me because I don't agree with anything you say, except I do love Kanye. But is, oh, let's get off hip hop because you, you this is no one's going to want 
to hear Kanye getting defended at the moment. Um, anything else you're calling for? Oh, I'm sorry if I'm not fashionable enough for you. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, John. I'm, I'm sorry if I'm out of step with sorry? the world. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, I'm, oh, I must apologize. Oh, I, I better get down on my hands and knees and grovel for a little bit. That's what you want me to do. Grovel, don't you? I'm not going to grovel. Anyway, moving right along. Speaking of groveling, um, yes. there, there, was a, there was a royal wedding quite recently, yes. wasn't there? That's what, yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, were, you, were you there? Did you get an invite? What, what? Where, no, watch I, I didn't get an invite, but I watched it with my friends in Double Bay. Um, we had a little um, royal party, and uh, mm-hmm. everyone bought a dish. Um, and actually, yeah. my friend, who was uh, on quite a famous reality show, cooked yeah. for everybody, and it was a wonderful cool. occasion. All the ladies were there, and I was there. A few of my friends went to the football, actually. The Sydney Swans were playing, but I didn't do that because they were playing Fremantle, and that is a wabbish team. I just more, <laughs> ne- never have I seen a more wabbish team in the Fremantle lockers, and if you're a fan, uh, like some one, yeah. a certain we don't idiot, we don't want to hear what you think of sports. Sorry, sorry, I think yes, you're probably, sorry, you're probably sorry, a royalist. Yeah, no, quite so good point. You know, I'm with you. So, yeah, <laughs> what, the, the wonderful, wonderful wedding. And now, Howie, <laughs> Howie, you know, to me, Howie, he symbolizes what is right with the world. You know, it's okay yeah. if you've got red hair. It's okay if you're um, not the first in line to the throne. You're not, not even, not even well, Charles' like, son. And that is scandalous gossip. And we don't gossip where I'm from. Discretion is the better part of power. And, and it's important that you, you know, you stay true to each, to, to each other. And you, you toe the line. If you're out of line, you will get rid of you. So you better watch yours. I'll come to Carlton and I've words with you. Okay. All right. Okay. So you, Sorry. anyway, so moving right along. Um, yeah. At the wedding itself, I thought there was some real standouts. And I'm going to go through them with you because. Um, All right. I think it's important that we really think about we really think about what you know what 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 happens here. Now, my I'm going to skip straight to the really the, the bones of the matter, the the, mm-hmm. the real um the main course. And I think yeah, everyone wish talking. you would. Yep. Yes. Well, everyone's talking. You're you're very long winded yourself. Okay. So I would <laughs> not be throwing stones if I was you. This podcast should be a maximum of thirty minutes. It goes way too long, and you're the you're the primary offender. All right. So okay. put a sock in it. You, you right. blue blood, you armchair fucking socialist. <laughs> right, so moving along. Um, uh, sorry, Mr. Cowie. Uh, now, now, Michael Cowie was the, that? He was he was the Wavelin Bishop. The Wavelin oh, yeah. Bishop, Michael Cowie, was yeah. the he was the he was the he was the, he was a black man. He was a black man <laughs> who was who was who was speaking at the wedding. Now, yeah. look. It, he said, let me just go through the basics, all right? So it's yeah. it's a wedding, okay? So it's supposed to be refined, okay? It's supposed to be, everything is supposed to be done in the right way. And uh, there was a lot of, uh, Elton John was there, you know, all, oh, really? all, all George yeah. Clooney was there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All these, all these luminaries, you know, and 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 yeah. it was going so very, very well. I mean, everything was coming together. It was you know six hundred uh, people assembled, and 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 it was you know the issue. Now, in my mind, there's a word that he used which is overuse, and uh-huh. it's quite simple, really. It's the word love. Now he used the word love fifty eight times. He said love 58 times. Now, surely, if anyone should be saying love, it should be the bride, the bride and the groom. It's the bride and the groom's territory to be saying anything to do with, with love. Not this ridiculous, trumped up reverend who's just having a field day waxing lyrical. I just thought it was mm. a devaluing of the word. I'm all about, I'm all about language. 
you know, and I, like Kanye. I, well, I, as a rapper, yeah, well, I consider myself a wordsmith in yeah. many ways. And I just thought this Web went, he wasn't quite on the money. But, you know, overall. Was I, he irreverent? Yeah, I think, well, yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. An yeah. irreverent reverend. Look, but the, the, apparently the the bride's um, the bride's mother Doria Wagland really was um, quite moved by it. I suppose if uh-huh. you know you're going to have that sort of thing now, we've got all this mixing of races, and that's what's what's happened. You know, I mean, she did look lovely in the white, the white on the very dark skin. It looks nice, I suppose. But you know, what do you think about interracial marriages? I'm fine with it. Totally fine with it. Well, Georgie's interracial. I heard you have a white girlfriend. <laughs> Honey baby's white, yes, she's as white as it gets, but that doesn't not exactly a card carrying member then, are you? <laughs> hey, who's white, your, white vanilla face. Who's your partner? Who, who mm? are, are you are you in a, a partner partnership at the Ladies, moment? Ladies, I am on the market. So <laughs> oh, I'm excited if about you're that. looking for a bit of whoopet wubbing, yeah, a bit yeah, of whoopet. Sounds a bit racist. <laughs> sounds a bit racist, your this review. I was hoping that you'd talk what? more about the kind of scurrilous nature of a dad and all that all that kind of stuff. But but if you're just gonna What's wa- what's what it's what you know what's what is racist is not talking about it. Interracial. Mm. Interracial is a, a new thing. I mean in, in I can tell you thing. Well I grew up well, I grew up. It's or everyone was white except for the Asian students, but there wasn't really much, you know, else going on. You know, I think mm-hmm. it's becoming more. It, I suppose you could say this wedding is uh, symptomatic or symbolic of a worldwide movement, and that's what some people are saying. In about mm, twenty, thirty years, everyone's going to be sort of like a mixed sort of, you know, sort of color. Everyone's going to be different, sort of like a like a toffee sort of, you know, like something like that, or a brown, or or even a murky sort of sort of un- orangey sort of little mixy-mixy, you know, like a mix of mm-hmm. everything. So it's not even clear where you're from. It's just sort of like a little uh, mongrel. Everyone will be mongrels. What, what, what do you think about that? Don't really have a problem with it. Don't really have a problem with it at all. I, I was more interested in... Birdie the... told me you have a white girlfriend. <laughs> you already said that. A little birdie had a word in my ear and said, you are sticking to your own kind. So I don't think don't you, you should be saying much about it at all. Why don't you write a rap about it? It would be great. All right, stage, but, done. But, yeah. I'll put together for the next podcast. I'll put together yeah. something about interracial, but uh, maybe you know, not when, the next podcast. I don't think you can be on three podcasts before we've had another multiple. We might. Well, yeah, the funny we'll, thing is, you've we'll been, on, you. you've been we'll on. call you. We'll call you, Rupert. You've been on ten podcasts now, mate. So I wouldn't be yes, talking. Ten. To thank you. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, look, it was a wonderful <laughs> event. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was great. You could bring a dish, a bit like um, a bit like a, a really classy uh, Eurovision, or even a bit. You know what? It's a bit like a, a bachelor, a bachelor, or something like that. You know all this. Mm-hmm. Uh, married at first sight you know this is a real royal wedding and i just think i'm a staunch monarchist and thanks to the monarchy and thanks to england we exist here in australia we have a lot to be thankful for and the commonwealth games where we beef all those trumped up little pissy nations all around the world oh, it's fantastic. Okay. so yep. you know thanks to the monarchy thanks to england let's not forget where we came from let's not forget that union jack on our flag because without <laughs> that union jack we wouldn't be where we are and all the best things in the society come from there thank you harry and thank you megan and maybe we're all going to end up brown and colored in the end thank you very much thanks rupert all right see you later enjoy that white girlfriend of yours <laughs> well yeah I, I do bye Oh, <laughs> my
So I, I, apparently, I, mi- I missed uh, I missed uh, a bit of an interesting uh, tirade from uh, from our yeah, friend. Yeah, yeah, you might have heard him. Yeah, yeah, just just uh, he's he's toxic. That bloke. Talk about toxic masculinity. Well, the real. Yeah. So some people argue he's representative of the majority of Australian society. You beg to differ. Uh, no, he's he's the elite, isn't he? He's like a very small amount, but yeah, I know, mate. You'd holding know holding a lot of the money. You grew up with it, after all, not me. Um, so yeah, uh, finishing up. Speaking of elite, I'll give you a chance, Jono, to um, unveil because we did miss out last week. Thankfully, we were a bit uh, short for time. But I'll give you a give it to us uh, with with real passion and 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 zealotry. Even speaking of heat, uh, your whinge for the week from belligerent <laughs> burns. Shh. If you want to talk in oh, the movie, this is taking shh. too long. Oh, oh, this is on. taking too long. Oh, no. Oh, oh, this is a Joke. terrible manners. Terrible it's manners. It's not funny. It's not funny. It's not funny. It's not It's belligerent burns with It's an Outrage. Wonderful week in Melbourne. Obviously, I've been doing lots of cultural stuff. And Bex got us free tickets to Iron and Wine at the Melbourne Recital Centre, which is an incredible venue for live music if you get a chance. It's mo- mostly for classical music. So, the acoustics are par excellence so we go there i don't really know iron and wine that that well i've tried to listen a few times over the years to his stuff uh honey babe's a huge fan so she was very excited it felt like everyone was very excited it feels like if you like that type of music uh you really like iron and wine and so i was there he was doing a 6 30 show and a 9 30 show so a bit of a cash grab two two separate um concerts in one night he got out there, he's a, he's a real hipster-looking guy, huge beard, big band, very professional, um, and voice of an angel, but just not really, I'm not my kind of, my cup of tea, you know, I'm more into hip-hop or into more lyrical-based kind of stuff. He seems to be talking about the weather a lot and a lot of poetry, poetry kind of things, but then he started having a go at the audience about um, how quiet we were being and, and really kind of saying uh, hey melbourne you um you seem really comfortable and stuff like that and i was about four rows back i had um had great seats four rows away from him and he just kept digging between each uh each song Jeez. oh okay melbourne well you know I'm, I'm sure you're having a good time i can't hear it but uh no good <laughs> over and over again and i was quite enjoying it at this point because i was like i wasn't really liking the music anyway so if there could be some awkwardness that'd be fine for me and then he fucking drops in doesn't really matter to me, Melbourne. You know, I'm saving myself for the 9.30 show anyway. Only joking. I'm not, though. I was like, fucking hell. Like, this is... And you could feel like the honey babe was feeling awkward because she was loving his... Loving it, but, like, kept getting kind of reprimanded by him. And you could feel the whole crowd. Like, they were like, we love you. It's like, oh, thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. Um, he wasn't a dick about it. I think it was coming from insecurity. And about halfway through the show, he kind of stopped making digs. But my point is, what does he expect? Like, what does he expect? It's it's bedwetting music at the best. Like, it's not the type of music where you go, whoa, take your shirt off and yell around. He's not ACDC or, or fucking, um, you know, DMX or something like that. Like, he's singing really quiet, depressing songs. And it's at the recital center where everyone does feel like it's a, a place to, to be respectful anyway. So, that's my uh, rant of the week. Was it was it Pivot that you saw where the guy started abusing the the crowd and, and told them to arc up cunts or whatever it was? Was that was oh, that, that was great? No, that was uh, I've gone that, that was at Woodford. That was awesome. What happened again? <laughs> the singer, the singer, like looked at the crowd, and that was a big that was that was a bit of a like a, a rock and roll, like you know, with, with big musician, um, um, like loud 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 gig, and he was like he looked at the crowd, and he goes arc up cunts. <laughs> Whoa. And, and the whole band were like, dude, no, not cool. Right? Yeah, they were like, I know the band. Yeah, I knew the band. I can't remember what they were called. They were uh, something train. 
They weren't Pivot. No, they were something like the Groove Train or something like that. No, they were, they were a pretty good band. He was a, lo- a loose unit. I and love it when the when it, that, that's the X factor of live music because there's no script, so you can get people with beautiful voices like um, Mark Kozalek from um, you know that Red House Painters that are just poisonous. <laughs> they just fucking go off in the crowd. It's awesome. Yeah, and I think the moral of the story, as you're saying, Jono, is. Uh once you start going into the crowd, you're probably not going to win. Like, there's no way they're going to suddenly respond and go, "Oh, thanks very much for the dressing down. I guess yeah. I'll come with you now." Like, it just yeah. doesn't work. It's, I mean, it, with a comic well, that's what comedian, does though. That's what hip hop does. I hate that about hip hop. About them. make some noise now, scream oh, yeah. the the hype. But that's, up guy. that's that's a positive thing. They're not saying you haven't been making any noise. You know, they have me going, you, you, have, you haven't been doing well enough. We need more from you. Oh, thanks for nothing, you guys. You know, they don't go next. No, that's that, what the hype. That's that's what the hype man does. Yeah, he's like, yeah, that we can't hear you. Yeah, that, but that's positive. The crowd off against I can't other. hear you. Mm. You see what I mean? Like, I think it's a positive thing. Whereas if you're not going, oh, I can't hear you. Are you. Is that the best? You, they're not getting the, the tone. I think you can hear it. Yeah. The tone to me. They're, they're very different. He's, I don't think they, he's not I don't think they're being. He's just like I, a, a whinger. <laughs> His name's Iron and Wine. Like fucking hell. He's he was just whining. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, well, I wouldn't be surprised if he was there with a shirt ironing with a shirt and just whining at us. And he barely had a sip of his glass of wine, his ceremonial glass of wine. No, I was, he was, uh, he's very annoying. Although but with it, was, com- it was good music. With comedians, I quite like it when they go at you. Like I, that's quite mm. enjoyable sometimes. You know, a lot of time. That's your personality. You like to be punished. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, speaking of punishment, we'll, we'll stop punishing you now. We'll stop, we'll stop throwing a rod across your backs, listeners. Thanks yeah. so much for episode ten. It was we yeah. are over five hundred listens. So thanks to all our supporters across this. Thanks for paying attention. Thanks for like just listening to us and not multitasking. And for those of you that are multitasking, just sit down and listen. Just do one thing at a time. Okay. Didn't we just say don't go at our audience? That <laughs> wasn't the whole premise. <laughs> you. <laughs> are you watching looking- Netflix while you're listening to this? We can see you. We can see what you're doing. No, we, we can't. Um, but look, thanks so much again, listeners. Um, John, I'll leave you to take us out from episode 10, a real milestone. Uh, take us out. John Burns from Ep 10 of Full Disclosure. Thanks if you've been here since uh, the first ep, or even if you're just listening now. We've done 10 eps. I think we're getting better at it. We're getting more structure. We've get, we've had our first reoccurring guest, Rupert from Riverview. And I think pretty soon we're going to talk more about music. That might be coming up. Uh, thanks so much. Bye, guys. See you later, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Coming to you every week from Sydney and Melbourne. It's Full Disclosure. The Jono and Dorge Podcast. Jono and Dorge. Full disclosure in the raw, 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 raw. Gentlemen, George. Full disclosure, no holds barred.